uh, welcome to the Empire Tonight podcast. We are here at the New York Comedy Club. Normally, we're at our studio, Radio 45 in Astoria, but today we are at the New York Comedy Club. We are joined, well, I am joined with my co-host, E. Scott Lindner. Hello, everybody. And uh, with us, we have uh, four very special guests. Uh, we have Beige Phillip, and Beige Phillip is comprised of Mr. Dante Nero. Ho! What's Ms. going on? <laughs> Who is a pimp? Yeah, uh, not anymore. Not anymore. Well, once a yeah. pimp, always a pimp. Well, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you know, it's you like know, a vegan marine. They could get some pimping get, get done if we needed to get yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have uh, Mr. Harry Turgenian. Hey, how are you guys? This is the sound of my voice. Yes, sir. And we <laughs> and we have Ms. Mara Mark. Hello, how are you? And we have Olivia. Hello, Olivia. How are you? <laughs> we can Say get hello. her a mic. <laughs> <laughs> well, now right. she's quiet. It's now a bulldog. So let's get into it, guys. Talk to us about Beige Phillip, and that's why you guys are here. That's what we want to talk about. What is Beige Phillip? How can we explain Beige Phillip to somebody who asks us what is Beige Phillip? All right. So uh, 2006, Patrice and I, Patrice used to do uh, multiple appearances on uh, okay. the Opie and Anthony show. Patrice O'Neill. Patrice O'Neill, yes. And uh, he would always go on the show and kind of take it over and talk about relationships and the whole idea of relationships and so on and so forth. And uh, he asked, they asked him to do a show on Opie and Anthony on Saturdays, like a a talk show with uh, call-ins, call-in show. And he asked me to be his second chair. And we started to... Uh, we did it started in 2006. We did 13 shows from 2006 to 2008. And then we, we, we were working on a deal to cut a deal with Sirius to actually do a radio show there. And they never could get those things hammered out. Patrice moved on to bigger and better things. And so did I. And then um, so fast forward to uh, 2012. Around yeah, I think 2011 maybe. 2011, uh, 12 something like that. I I uh I, well prior to that I ran into a guy who uh, came to see me at a comedy club and he goes I'm a big fan and I go oh great great when he was like yeah I'm a big fan of Black Phillip which was the original show. It's a relationship advice show for yeah. guys. Type uh, of thing. It was from a male from a male perspective and. Uh, how did they I, come up with the name again? I think. Oh, Black Phillip was actually because they he was on on the episode with Opie and Anthony and he goes you're like the doctor you're like the black Dr. Phil Philip the doctor the black Dr. Phil and he goes no I'm like black Philip right, right and so, so that that's how the name, the name became so uh I think Patrice had had passed away and uh I think he passed away in 2011 November of 2011 and I'm at a comedy club and this guy goes he he's my, he's a fan of a great fan of mine and a fan of, fan of the Black Phillips show but the guy looked kind of young like I didn't understand how he could possibly have been listening to the show and he knew things about those 13 shows in verbatim and what he basically basic explained to me that those 13 shows have been put on YouTube and they became a cult following and I I go, really? The show's online? Because I didn't even have copies of the shows. And I went on online, and there was some of them had 70,000 views, 100,000 views for people who were just listening to these shows and taking those philosophies and um, just listening to the shows over and over and over again. And uh, we, uh, uh, I just, there was this cult following that happened because of that. And I, it was funny because I had beginning... Uh, messages even back with MySpace of people going, Stop laughing. <laughs> people like, Oh, we need Black Phillip, we need Black Phillip to come back because we were giving guys, it basically was like man school. So, 
Fast forward the same year that Patrice passed away, Mike, Mike DiStefano yeah. also passed away. Uh, another amazing comic, and you know, death comes in threes. And uh, actually, it was Greg Giraldo, Patrice, and Mike DiStefano, yeah. same year. And uh, uh, Pablo we, Francisco's still alive, though, so it's all good. Yes, Pablo, <laughs> so thank God good. for that. You know, God has spared <laughs> Pablo Francisco. That's an inside joke, anyway. Um, so what happened was uh, Harry and I end up at a hell gig for Mike DiStefano. Well, Mike DiStefano used to do this gig for his family. Uh, and his block. Some literal family and some Italian family, if you know what we mean, uh, <laughs> where he would just do this stand-up gig at somebody's like birthday party or whatever every yeah. year. So he had passed, so they asked so his brother, to do it. Yeah. His, his brother asked me to do it. So you were really close with Mike. We were pretty close, yeah. yeah. Mike and I, Mike actually was one of the first comics to start here. Mm. Like he, he was in Florida, but the first club that he actually got a lot of work from was New York Comedy Club. Yeah. So he kind of got his chops here. And ha, right? Yeah, well, ha, ha kind of opened up later, mm. but he was here with um with Linda, who also passed away. Mike's brother looks just like him. Yeah, you, it's yeah. scary. He looks like a. Well, how did you how did you meet Harry? Well, well we, we knew each, we knew each other from stand up from just years of doing stand up in the city, and you know we we're friendly on and off. But it's kind of the weird thing about stand ups is sometimes you could know somebody for ten years, and you're not really close just because you meet in passing. But mm. you know it's almost like being coworkers. But, you know, we were doing the gig. I was looking forward to hanging out with Dante for the night. Uh, it was a horrible, horrible gig. Yeah, like, it was doing comedy at somebody's birth, like somebody's yeah. 40th birthday. To give you an idea how bad it was, uh, Dante was supposed to do, like, 30. I was supposed to do, like, 15. I think I did eight, and Dante did maybe, like, 11. 11. Maybe, maybe 11. <laughs> and that was that was doing our best to not And, and they were going, yeah. oh, that's funny. Whoa. It was, yeah. like, really, uh, it was like a cartoon. It was literally <laughs> the Sopranos was cartoon. Was Rayos in Harlem? <laughs> it was, it, that would have been a classy. That might have been better. That might have been better. Yeah. Some of the girls was like, we're classy. We're on the penthouse. And we're like, no, it's the mezzanine. Yeah. Well, we went upstairs. Yeah. So they were really, it was really off the hook. But and there was a, for, Sounds uh, like one of my cousin's places. Yeah, <laughs> Much like a lot of uh, very classy, well-organized gigs, we get there at 8 and we're not going on until like 10 or 10.30 something. It was more like 11, 11.30. I mean, they gave us, the thing is they gave us an envelope full of cash each, yeah. so we had to stay. We stuck there. So, so we were just stuck there. We didn't want to hang out with them, so we were just chatting. I had just gotten, I just broken up uh, with my long-term relationship. My, my marriage essentially was coming to an end. And so Dante being and you, the, He was kind of yeah. asking me questions. Yeah, and in my benevolence, I was giving <laughs> my <laughs> my solutions on everything. Sure, on, yeah, omnipotent. May um, even say yes, I would say you're omnipresent. I'm doing God's work, <laughs> and <laughs> he's all about helping people. Legitimately, he's very much about helping guys. So you got You have to really separate yeah. that because I'm such a clown that yeah. when you say that people think you're being sarcastic, <laughs> but I really am trying to. It's actually people. both. Yeah, it's yeah. Well, I'm a clown and I'm trying to help people. So what kind of happened was we were talking about it and I said, listen, I met this guy and I was telling him the story about the guy who, who's, you know, they were this, this cult following. And I said, I think I'm thinking I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about doing a podcast. And I was like, because I knew Harry was pretty good with the technical stuff. And so we were, we were like, okay, let's do it. And then we, uh, we were doing it at a, at a studio. He got a studio and I started purchasing equipment yeah uh, just a lot of just was that down in soho yeah yeah, yeah. we were yeah. doing it down in soho 
This is what, 2011? It's about 2012 at this point. Yeah, Yeah, 2012. And I started purchasing a lot of unnecessary equipment that we don't even use anymore. Unlike you. Unlike you. Very unlike me. Just... (laughs) I just go all in and just balls buy. deep. You don't realize how simple a podcast can be, right? Yeah, right. and I'm, as far as I'm equipment. balls in, and then I'm learning. Yeah. As I'm learning, I'm realizing, wow, I shouldn't have bought that at all. Yeah. You know? Despite me going, hey, why don't we wait and see if we need this? No, no, like, no I already up, got Mary. it. Yeah. <laughs> I already got it. It's in the car. Stuff is. It's in the car. We got it. We got to drive it. It's a full nice. travel kit. So uh, That we haven't used yet. That we haven't used ever. A full travel kit. We're gonna we should have you brought it today. Yeah, we, <laughs> I know. We, we, know. we didn't know. Well, we are, you guys it, instead, are you guys bringing so. it to New York Comedy Club to, to do yeah, that? Yeah, we are. We got We want to do some more stuff, some live stuff, but we're trying to build a fan base so that when we come in, we can really get the fans here. I don't want to really do a show where people are coming in to see a comedy club and they're going like, what the hell is this? Why are these people talking? Sitting so we want to really build it in that way. Um, it's also a lot to take in if you don't know what you're getting coming yeah, in. It's, yes. it's if you're not sure what you what you signed Emilio's up for. Emilio's actually been on the show. We yeah. got to have you on too. E. I like yeah. that your name is E. You like that? Because I'm black weird, and I would right? normally just change it I know, to there's E a, anyway. Yeah, a lot of people are like E. And actually Emilio, his friends call him E because it's Emilio. Uh-huh. But I'm the actual E. You're the, the actual, actual E. Like, yeah, like yeah. And, and, you know, e. when you have any, you know, women calling in for any, uh, you know, problems, let, let E talk to him. He's good at it. <laughs> He's good at it, too. Yeah, okay. We'll right in there. All right, cool, yeah. cool. E, you're married, right? I am married. Yes. Married with a child. child. Cool, cool, yeah. cool. We yeah. got we got stuff for that, too. They're going to flip the script what? on us, dude. They're going to start asking us the questions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. I mean, I these guys it. seem very experienced. You know, they, yeah. they have a good rapport. Yeah, yeah. We, we, it was we, crazy, we man, when, I, when we did the podcast. It was, uh, well, at first, when I walked into the podcast, I, I, I kind of felt like I was in Wedding Crashers. You know, like, <laughs> why, it was why? Like, like, I think like a woman answered the phone. Yeah, the yeah, door. my mom, my mom. Yeah, and I was kind of like, you know, I felt like I was like <laughs> Owen Wilson going to meet like the Godfather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It turned out to be Will Ferrell yelling meatloaf. Yeah. But then we go up to this like this room and it's like this cool like little room, but he's got like scotch and whiskey. Yeah, we got whole stuck bar. They're all drinking and hanging out. And then Carmen Lynch shows up yeah, and like it's real she's sexy. on it. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was real sexy. It was cool, man. But let then, me, let me, cause I, so we, we started doing the show and we would guys who I knew from the Black Phillips show, I started bringing them on. And then I did a a, a, a show which will be nameless. Um, <laughs> and I ran into Mara there. And uh, so we had a show, and I was I was telling some story about some orgy I was in or something. I mean, and then I ended up interviewing him yeah, on the yeah, show. Yeah, she was like, "Well, what? How do you?" <laughs> there were a lot of other guests, and I was like, "Wait, wait, wait, wait." She, yeah, she had ended more up, questions. You <laughs> Thirteen yeah. people at one yeah, time. And then she's she's and she took over people. there. Yeah, it's Look a, at Baker's. Well, well let's not get crazy. It was eleven out of thirteen <laughs> people. <laughs> Because I'm only a man. Yeah. So, only so I did that do. over a span of a couple years. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing. We're almost alike. Yeah. You're like my doctor. A couple years, a couple minutes, it's a, uh, or it's hours. What's the difference? But yeah. Mara actually took over their show, and she started interviewing me. And they were like, well, okay, go ahead. And then I had no idea about social networking. And Mara's really good with the social networking. And she was like, are you not tweeting this? Are you not, why are you not tagging me? Just tag me. And I'm like, what? And I just kind of gave her my phone. And it she, took you an hour to sign into your Twitter. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just, you know, it was she was good on the show. And I just kind of brought us all together. And we started doing it. It brings a different up, perspective to the show. which Yeah, is well, we needed exploded. her as a kind of a different, you know, to kind of balance 
vagina. Uh, yeah, we yeah. needed a vagina, and, and, yeah. and Mars we needed not, an excuse to be uh, misogynistic, yeah, and we yeah, felt yeah. that yeah, bringing in a, a buffer. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't say a fluffer, a buffer, and uh, and it and she wasn't easily offended, so it worked good. Cause I, I mean, I tend to be a little abrasive at times. And <laughs> no. Yeah, no. and uh, Mars got that great laugh too. You know, she's like in yeah. the room. You don't really like when you listen because I've listened to your guys' podcast yeah, yeah. a bunch. And sometimes you don't. Really, you think it's just Dante, then Harry chirps in, yeah. but then you hear Mars laugh. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Is, there, so is there a woman yeah. in there? And then yeah. all of a sudden she yeah. goes in her little tangent, but then yeah, she yeah. lets you guys take lead. <laughs> but then she does that laugh again, just to remind it's, you that she's there. You know, there. it's one thing I can say. I, I really. And I listen to a lot of guys' podcasts and a lot of different people's podcasts, and it's really a, I'm really proud of the, yeah. what we put together. I think I'm yeah. really, really proud of it. I'm really proud of the, the, the chemistry of, you know, of what we put up. We're coming up on 100 episodes, and we get constant. We've I feel like we've helped a lot of people. I mean, we got a lot of guys that call in, and they're like, you changed my life. You, I never thought this. Because I, I just think that with the – my idea when, we, when I put the, my perception of oh, my – how I perceived the show to be was that there was, you look at King and Queens and everybody loves Raymond and all these other shows. And there's always the man is an idiot mm. and he's begging for sex and asking for permission. And, and I don't, I've never, I used, I was a male stripper and I, I ran a little escort service for a while and I never ever remember a woman ever liking a guy that's weak. I just never, you know, my, my dad wasn't a weak dude and, and I don't ever woman find a woman, found a woman who didn't find a strong man attractive. I'm, I'm not going to say that some women run away from a, guy, a really strong man because they want to be in control or whatever kind of crazy shit is going on in their head. But they, uh, which well, ultimately is always, they find them. which is always, <laughs> yeah. And, um, but I, 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 and I don't think that men really have an understanding of how to be, what it means to be a man and, and what they should be doing and what they don't, and that women actually think very differently. Well, everything we've kind of been taught is kind of wrong sure, in a weird sure. way. Like, also, it's, there's no real one direction. Nobody really sits you down as a man and teaches you, I think, right. most of the time. specifically how to, how to attract women. How to oh, attract yeah. women, how all to of it. be Just a man. sex in general and everything that encompasses. I think every, all of it. I think yeah. guys don't know how to fuck. I don't think they know how to talk to women. I don't think they know how to maintain attraction. I don't think they know how to maintain relationships. I don't think they know how to be married. I don't think how to, how to express their opinion. I don't think they know how to, when they should be sensitive and when they should be Did you concerned. tell me all of the answers to everything? <laughs> yeah, I actually could. I certainly don't know how to be I, married. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting yelled at this morning for not putting the fucking laundry in the hand. Camper. I'm like sitting in my car on the way to work. I'm like, I can't believe I'm like having these fights. Like, at least, With like, your roommate shit, like, slash wife. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's like I'm getting yeah. yelled at for not putting laundry in Let me in ask hamper. you something. If she didn't put the laundry in the hamper, would you yell at her for it? No. Uh, what? I I've learned not to yell at my wife. Oof, you, you really need not. even that statement. <laughs> oh, no, we should have uh, I yeah, wish we gotta have a show. Yeah, we got to have a because even that statement kind of made my, my yeah. testicles go up into my body yeah, when you said yeah. I've learned not to. It's just, I, I think that uh, women in a lot of cases, are they're so relentless at, like, you want peace. So you don't argue because you want peace. But the less, you, the less of a stand that you take, the less attractive she finds you. Because you're allowing her to just delegate. Well, the, that's what she got pissed about today. What, she was like, now you've gotten to the point where you just don't even say anything. You just don't even answer. You know, like she was yelling at me and I just don't say anything. I just sit there. 
I'm just because I'm like, if I say anything, she's gonna get mad. Now she's getting mad. Wow, we when really got to let's. Now she gets mad when I don't say anything. Let's go so to the, fuck, either way. I'm camp. fucked. We should go <laughs> to. We should go. She better not listen to this. But if she does, <laughs> oh god. Anyway, you, yeah, this, would is, be, this would be the one. He's podcast. clearly never met. This Heather. would be the one podcast. She's like, I'll listen to this. Yeah, one. she's gonna yeah, be like, yeah. I'm gonna listen to this yeah. one. And then she's gonna be like, first podcast we talked about anal sex. She got mad. Now she's gonna get mad because we're talking. Did we about, talk about anal sex? Yeah, I mentioned like an anal sex thing. Uh, Eventually, we'll talk about anal sex. But, yeah, uh, yeah, we. I usually get there. Some, get I there. <laughs> get there somehow. We get to anal sex, but I think what's what's interesting is that uh, you you the way you speak of her, and you said I never met her, Heather. Heather, yeah, yeah, I've met Heather a thousand times. I've met every chick I've ever yeah. met is Heather. Is he- Heather. And they're all yeah. Heathers and they all do the same things. And a lot can of times... You, can you, Amelia, can you picture Heather right now listening to Oh my to God, this? that's oh. why I'm sitting here. I'm like... He is... <laughs> <laughs> but you, you, I would like... I mean, you know... And with that said, I would Heather's like to sweetheart, say that Heather though. is yes, an amazing course. person. Sure. But, you know, but she, is, she is very... It's not about the woman. strong woman. It's not about the woman being a bad person necessarily, although that can happen, but... It's about it's, you being a bad man. Yeah. That, that I am yeah. definitely a bad man. Yeah, there's no and, question. And I and I mean what I mean by that is your woman is a direct, direct reflection of who you are as a man. See, if you allow this kind of you know this this banter and this yelling at you, horseshit is what this, you're trying to say. Yeah, bullshit. <laughs> and it's okay because you've allowed it to happen. And why do you let it allow it to happen? You allow it to happen because you want peace and because you think that that's really what she wants because that's what she's saying what she wants. That's not what she wants. She wants you. She she wants you to create a boundary and then be a man enough to go. Listen, don't fucking talk to me like that. Dante, let me ask you something. You you know about all these like, uh, and I'm not saying this is like the pickup artist or any of that stuff. Yeah, but yeah. What is your opinion of of that? I mean, I remember a couple of years ago. I remember mystery. I remember in VH1. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That guy in, yeah, in, in yeah. the Matador. Yeah, <laughs> my buddy named his dog Matador, Matador because yeah. of that. So, yeah. and, and I have a friend of mine in LA. Who literally like reached out to Matador, yeah, just for shits and giggles, right? And was like, hey, I want to hang out with you, this and that, the whole thing. And he was like, yeah, let's hang out, and said, and, and actually hung out with these guys for like and a he, weekend. And how? What did he think? Well, he said the guy's a lunatic, but he said, yeah, he's like, it was interesting. He's like, their little methods and everything they do, it and does did work. It work. Yeah, it, it works. It absolutely so works. So what? What? Absolutely. And we had a guy who worked with us. <laughs> oh my god, I can't remember his name, but he uh, he actually ended up going to a school for it. Pick up our school. Yeah, got really good at it. it. He, he was never good at it. Yeah, yeah. Well, no. set claims he got good at it. Yeah, and then no. he became an instructor. My point is, what is your opinion of the quote-unquote pickup artist schools, techniques, all that stuff? There's science behind it. There's actual science. There's behavioral psychology behind it. There's body language behind it. There's, there's, uh, there, uh, it's, there, it's just so. It, it is just so. And it's based on um, human behavior. So, but what they're doing is they're taking these techniques. It they're almost. concentrating these techniques to get laid. But can you maintain it to have a healthy, long-lasting? I, I get the idea of picking up a girl and doing yeah. it, but then to sustain that relationship for a long period of time. Nobody really teaches that, and that's why yeah. we started Beige Philip. One of the reasons why what was my idea about Beige Philip was to see because one of the, one of the, we have a series of rules, Emilio. You know, we have a bunch of rules, and one of the rules is real game is no game at all. So you can act. You can. Try to you can institute these techniques and learn to pick up a girl, but you also, when you're instituting these techniques, what you're doing is communicating certain alpha male tendencies that that attract the women that go that go to the uh, 
the instinctual bed. Now, anytime I say that word, I always hear Mara's phone calls because she says it's a lot of times I don't explain. Like I use these, bed. These, these terminology. And the instinctual bed is that we are still animals. Whether we think we're not or we're not, we, whatever we think, we're still animals. Like our biological wiring. We have our biological, yeah. we've on this earth for 200,000 years and there's things that are built into our DNA that because we're cognitive, we ignore it. A lot of technology and a lot of societal roles have somewhat changed, but instinctually we haven't changed. Right. We're still so you have the social contract, which is marriage, monogamy, you know, engagement, fiancés, all of that stuff. And underneath it, there's still this kind of rumbling of this instinctual bed. Hunter-gatherer versus hunter -gatherer, nurturer. Hunter-gatherer, alpha male, a woman wanting, uh, you know, like one of the things is I say, a woman wants you, when you're having sex with a woman and it's hot and heavy, she wants you to be pregnant. She wants you to get her pregnant. She wants your DNA in her uterus. Her, her, her orgasm is, the, is, the, is her cervix fluttering in and out to suck the DNA into her uterus. That is... And and when her when her body does that, it doesn't care whether you're a piece of shit and you live on a futon in your mom's house. At that basement. moment, yeah, the at body that doesn't moment, give a fuck. it is about the biological aspect of it. And the reason why we've survived as a species is because women have ultimately chose the rights, the right DNA and the right mates. This is why we survive. Otherwise, we would be extinct. I mean, how long that would take, and in terms of the social contract, would how long that would take is is a question, but but ultimately we have to understand that women have chose the right males, is why we survive as a species. So uh, ultimately, when she's fighting with you to an extent, it's because she's testing you in a way way to make sure you are strong enough to take control. But she's not doing it on purpose, right? No, she no, know she's, she's doing not it. doing it. It's totally. It's totally unconscious, unconscious to her. Wait, no, hold on. Now, Mara, Mara, when you hear this. Yeah. Right? Are you agreeing with all? I mean, are you are yeah. you like, yeah, yeah, that's how we are. We're that way. Are you like, hell yeah, no, we're not that way. I actually think that we make, uh, we are trying to help make better citizens. Because oh, you mean what you well, right. we do. Explain yes. that, though. Right. As a woman. As yeah. a woman. Hearing Dante and Harry, like men, talk about how oh, women, yeah, absolutely. why they act the way they act. How does that? Oh, yeah. I mean, I know what I do during the day and how I my decisions are arbitrary and, and how... Uh, it just depends on my mood, and I know, but I'm more self-aware, I think, than most, just because yeah. we have to be more... Uh, As a comic, comics yeah. tend to be that yeah. way. So, yeah. but I, and I watch my friends do it to their men, and pick on their, test and pick on their men, and uh, I'm like, ugh, you don't even, even need to do that. Like, you... you can't really help, they can't really help it. Because if, if you f think about it in terms of masculinity, if we're, if I'm, a, I have a lion pride, and I have all these women, and I'm the lion, the head of the alpha male lion, uh, in order for you to get laid, you have to come and challenge me. We fight. If you win, right... You run me off. You either kill me or run me off. And then you, as the alpha male, you, you bite the back of the necks of all of my children. You erase my DNA. You impregnate the pride. And then you start your DNA. And why is that? Why, why does nature do that? It's because, because you beat me, your DNA is better than mine. That's what the assumption I kind of wish uh, we had Heather on this. I would love to have her here fight her side you know what I mean it would be it would be awesome would she be probably bad. wouldn't have an all I a wish side. I knew Dante I, I when I was she single. would have a side she would yeah. definitely have a side she would have now, fun. here's a, here's a question <laughs> a she, would she have a side yes or, because here's what happens here's what happens it, and I'm assuming she's attractive yeah so no so what happens is she's she she comes at somebody she's attractive 
most of the guys who she's ever talked the horse shit that she talks to them, they they either wanted to put fuck up her with it, yeah, or they were you who were married to her who didn't want to deal with it, and so <laughs> and so, don't feel bad. That happens. Like, yeah, it happens, it happens to all of us. And to, yeah. But I don't feel like a victim either, though. And right. The, and the challenge, so nobody really challenges that. So what I find a lot of times, even when I argue with women about anything, usually. Uh, they might, if they're really perceptive, they have one level. It's like a great chess player uh, is six to seven moves ahead of their their play, the the play that they're playing. Women don't have to do that because it's that's what I say because I say so, and and then I go, no, it's not. Yeah. And they go, well, you don't know. You're an asshole. You're a messiah. Yeah, okay. That's fine. But, but that's still, got nothing to give do. me the reason why you, what you say is what you say. Now, I don't give, I'm not fucking you. You can't not fuck me if I'm not fucking you. And chances are, if I stand up to you, I could probably fuck them anyway because of the fact that I'm standing up to them, which gives off that, that alpha male energy, which makes them attracted to you, even though they hate your guts anyway. Where are you getting all this information from? I, I was a male stripper for 11 years. I was a pimp for six, six You're and a half. Pimp. What does that entail? I was, exactly? a, I was actually a, I actually pimped out women. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't like that terminology, but I was a personal <laughs> manager. Um, <laughs> a motivator. You, you got into comedy a little later. Uh, yeah, you were like 35. in your early thirties, yeah. mid thirties. Okay, yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. that's that's crazy, man. And I um and pimp is a is a is a uh is a person who uh it, um, manages <laughs> prostitutes. That's it's an acronym for that. Mm. So um. But now, did you to to kind of clarify? Because you did you ever get physical at times? I wasn't. There's you different weren't. types of pimps. There's right. guys who get them strung out on drugs. There's guys who beat them. There's there's guys who control their mind. I mean, I always say this: men never become pimps. Women turn them into pimps. So it was a girl that was like, "Look, I want to work for you. I want to pay you." Now, how often do you guys do page Philip? Is it an everyday thing? No, we we'll, we'll do, do a once couple a and re-record. We'll record a bunch and then. Release them like one a week. Is it your guys' top priority right now? I mean, is Bay how important is Beige Phillip to you guys? I mean, it is. It was. It was really important to me in terms of getting the information out. Um, but I still have a, you know, like I've been doing comedy for a long time, and I'm kind of coming into my own with comedy. I mean, I've been, I'm 14 years in comedy. For a guess, I mean, you've done uh, how many Comedy Central presents? Have you done? I've only. I've only done a. I've done one comedy credit. At, on Comedy Central. You did a half hour? No, I haven't done a half hour. Oh, I thought that I just, was a half hour. I no, saw. it was a stand-up at the L. Ray. It was a, okay. a short thing. Um, but I've been, I get a lot of acting stuff. I got a bunch of acting stuff, movies and stuff like that. Yeah, because that you're a very, I mean, I know you're you're a highly respected guy for sure in comedy. <laughs> not that, not that, you know, Barr well, or Harry don't thanks. get mentioned. I mean, I don't, I don't, you especially. In fact, we had Wally Collins. I remember we were talking about Wally and Gino were in the, uh, we had them on the podcast uh, in the studio a couple weeks ago and they had mentioned, uh, I guess, because we were talking about Boston Comedy Club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah they yeah. mentioned you. They were yeah. like, yeah, you know, back in the day, Dante, when he first started, he yeah. was hanging out front, yeah. you know, yeah. getting people in. Yeah, we used to bark. That's where we met. Yeah. yeah, it was the Boston Comedy Club. Yeah, I barked. I mean, Initially, everyone had a bark at one point. Get in there. Right? All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did <laughs> Get in the showroom. How would you do that transition from uh, from pimping to comedy and entertaining, um, right? Well, I, it's, I did a series of, I was doing, like, I always kind of threw myself into stuff, so I was, I was stripping. Um, the stripping got me into. Somebody asked me to manage the club, and the the, the pimping kind of happened with that. But I was also doing like bare knuckle fighting. I was heavily into martial arts, and I was bouncing, and 
you know, um, I was producing shows and. But the stripping thing got really huge for you at one yeah, point. Yeah, it, was, it was like it was, you, you don't. It's this sort of underground culture that we're not aware of. But as far as male stripping goes, and especially in the black community, at that time it was like you were doing like hundreds, signing, thousand seat. Yeah, I was theater doing, at one I point. I was doing four thousand women in a spot. 3,000 women in a spot. Where, where, uh, is this all in New York? Yeah. Not your Tante. Like, where do you go to, like, like rent out a hall or something? Like, how do you get 4,000 women in a room to see you dance? Um, that's crazy. The, the, I, I mean, that's a whole, just you? Or like, there's a whole, it's like, I would do a whole production with a whole bunch of guys, but I had a group. I had a group called Wet Seduction, (laughs) and I, we choreographed. (laughs) uh, We had them on the show. Yeah, we had, we had, we had choreographed. I choreographed open routine, you know, opening routines, and I did the promotion. I did the bar, and I had set up my bar. I set up the whole. I did the whole thing. Wow, top to bottom. Okay, and that became really huge. I mean, I went to I went to uh, Switzerland. I went to Japan. I went to all up and down the states. Traveled all over the states. There were different, you know, there were different circuits that you could hit. And then you'd book comedy. And then I yeah. I, would, I booked comedy. That's actually how I got into comedy because. Uh, Def Jam broke in like 9091. Yeah. And I was actually, it was a club called the Uptown Comedy Club. Yep. Um, that closed down about what, six years ago? Seven yeah, years but ago? I, the original one was actually on 125th Street where they did the. Uh, By the Apollo? It was further the other side. It was okay. on the east side. But it was, um, they had a sketch show. It was one of, one of the few black sketch shows and it was uh deborah wilson from uh mad tv the one with the, the locks mm-hmm. jim brewer mm-hmm. uh, tracy morgan was rob mcnaughty mm-hmm. tracy really wasn't tracy wasn't wrote he? for them but tracy was nobody then he was just I one of them on the show i remember yeah he was on the show he did one rob mcnaughty by the way he's still around he's still, yeah. still, still he's still around he was still a good around. con he, i liked rob a lot he, he was an impressionist yeah 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 he did a um, great romano but anyway yeah and and uh uh, Flex Alexander, who's an act, you know, he, he went full acting, and those guys were up there. And I was actually doing martial arts. I was doing um, Shotokan karate with those the guys who run that club. Actually, went to college with me out in SUNY New Paltz, mm. and I started taking Shotokan with them. And I would uh, kind of, I was fighting. The, we, we were doing like bare knuckle, full contact fighting in the club on the off hours. <laughs> And, uh, and Harry, when did you do bare knuckle fighting? <laughs> uh, yeah, have you done all these things too? Well, I, you know, I waited till high school was done. I felt like I should at least get into college, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, between freshman and sophomore year, I picked it up. But I just realized it wasn't for me. My heart wasn't in it, you know. Mara actually is, has a fight tonight. If you guys, <laughs> uh, and uh, tell us about Podfest real quickly. I saw you guys did Podfest. What was that about? Market. Uh, yeah, they have. There's a New York and a Los Angeles version of this. Um, it's where they pick the top podcasts in the area, the region, and we were chosen, so we got to go and perform. It was us, Keith, and the girl. Yeah. And then others. Keith and the girl. We just did. I was like, then yeah. others. How many podcasts <laughs> went from this area? I think they, they, yeah. Well, they, this year they made it smaller. Like, yeah, fifteen or sixteen. It yeah. was a little more selective this year, so we were kind of thrilled and honored to be a part of it it was what was interesting about it was it was i think the first time we've ever done a live podcast where the audience wasn't there specifically entirely to see us like half of it was people we brought from our show Mm -hmm. 
And then half of it was people who were just there just for the podcast. Pod so it was interesting because I knew it was, it was going to be, it's always a little tough, I think, when you, they don't know who you are and Dante is spewing all these things. And <laughs> it's a very like, I don't know if I like all, the word spew. It'll get better. Wait for the compliment. <laughs> but it's the podfest, the audience there for podfest is more of an alternative sort of uh, semi hipster audience. So. Like when you hear Dante going, all bitches are crazy. They're kind of like, oh, you can feel the tightness in the room. But by the end of it, they were sort of Mara all on board. Just, Mara usually yeah. just giggles at <laughs> the, the, the And then everyone's like, oh, it's okay. She's I think any, anyone who's ever either listened to it or seen us do it live, uh, even if they have any trepidation about it, or they always sort of leave with at least something where they go, okay, I could see that. Like even the, the, the fiercest people coming in at like 100 miles an hour going, you know, this is bullshit, you're a misogynist, oh. and you don't know what. By the end of it, they kind of go, okay, I could see where you're coming from. It's sure. not, you know, it's- It's a lot of shock value at first, you first hear, but, the, but as you talk about it, you know, it makes- I can explain it. Yeah, yeah. you see where you're coming from. It's not coming from a, from that kind of place. Well, I think the shock value is-, is, is To be honest. It's, it's on purpose, in a way. It's on purpose because it goes- it incites your attention. It's also where the humor is. Sure, for us. sure. It's a, the uh, it gets your attention, and then I think you want to not go. This is reality, and then I I I know what I'm talking about. I mean, I've lived this. So have you been married then? Yeah, I was married eight years. Eight, eight years. years. Yeah, I was married for eight years, and it was also a re, you know it, that was a real growth period for me. So much afterwards, just trying to figure out where I had go where I had gone wrong, and, and because I one of the things I say if a relationship doesn't work, it's usually it's it's the man's fault, because a, a woman is directly a reflection of the guy who she's fucking, and so if the relationship goes off the rails, it's your fault that you have to her her emotionality and her her moods will she'll destroy herself she'll destroy you and she'll destroy the relationship and your job is to keep all of that safe to keep her safe so when she gets crazy you can calm her down so she's not self-destructive because in that moment she feels as though this needs to be done it just feels like this is what i need to be done or the relationship she needs to sabotage the relationship because she feels whatever she. The and man is the captain of the ship, and the, sure, you the girl be. is just the drunk sunbather. Why do you pick that archetype? There's, there's a good reason. It's kind of controversial theories, right? Sure, I mean, sure. you get a lot of the back end, like you know, people being like, "What the fuck?" So, do you find men to be superior than women, or no, do you just no. think that each uh, sex has a role? Has a role. Has yeah. a role. I mean, I, you know, what is what is James Brown says is it's a man's world, but we wouldn't be nothing without a woman. Or so, girl, yeah. I was just listening like, to that. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's like Actually, yin and yang. Yeah, it, it has to fit together. But you know, that's but the problem people think it's anti-feminist, but it's not it's, at it's all. It's so not. It's really it's not. So not. It's very empowering. Um, I think uh, what's interesting is how it's just like as comedy club owners, uh, you see the political correctness where it was important to kind of stop certain things. You know, in terms of comedy, it's important to let kind of let those that kind of free expression. So, you know, the women's rights movement and the feminist movement was important to get women equal pay and to so that women couldn't get raped and beat and stuff. But now it's run amok. So now you can't even have an opinion, a masculine opinion as a man. Otherwise, you're a misogynist. You're this. You're that. You're that. Yeah. But nobody. But you're always a misogynist and this and that and the other because you don't agree with them. And it always comes down to well, what about rape? It's like nobody was. Questioning. Yeah. yeah, nobody said <laughs> yeah. we're all for rape. Yeah. Like, I was watching Newsroom yesterday, which is a eighties movie, like yeah. middle eight, eighty four, I yeah, think. Yeah. And they were doing a piece on date rape. 
how that is now it's a new thing coming i was like that just came out in the 80s like, well what was really big actually was the the i guess that new suv uh episode that came out where they had oh a that comic. was horrendous did you watch that um i, I didn't I, I saw like uh, i watched you that's, that's i watched SUV. yeah I watched the whole but thing. I was like, it was, was raped by the strip, and you realize how much he looks like uh, what's My his face? You look like I look a lot Jonathan like Silverman. So yeah. it, it was like Emilio yeah. back yeah. at the, the comic, comic strip because that's where we used to be for years. Also, anyway. it didn't help that the character was a rapist that looked <laughs> uh, like you. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. It was so much alike. Uh, no, but uh, but yeah, what that got a lot of heat. Yeah, uh, because I guess why I, I didn't really watch the whole the thing. show itself got a heat. That whole, no, the... that whole uh, episode of him, I guess amongst comics, I amongst think. comics, they, comics were pissed off because they thought the show misrepresented. It was terrible. I mean, it was terrible. If you watch it, it was terribly done. It was one of the worst things I've ever seen. I felt sorry for the actors when it was done because you could see they're on autopilot. It's like the whatever the fifteenth year that that show's been on the air. It was poorly written. It was terrible, and it also represents stand-up comedies never represented well. And in all fairness, sometimes Wait, it's did, I don't, uh, this is you, this episode of Law and Order. They were essentially parodying, or you know how they take stories from the headlines, which they act like is a, yeah, a, yeah. a good thing. Which to me is just lazy writing, right, but they right. rip it from the headline. So they did an episode essentially about the Daniel Tosh sort of thing. So oh, they, okay. they use that as a base, but then they go in these weird directions with it. Okay. Um, so the comic was just like this. This uh, it was really more like an Andrew Dice Clay, like. Right, right. But even farther than that, this guy was like talking about like sluts and raping. Like I've never seen a stand-up comedian right. really do that. Right, right. Like even Dice was like over the top. At the point he was never glorifying like sexual assault. I guess yeah, to, yeah. to yeah. a, a certain there, extent. Wasn't there a comic at the Laugh Factory or something that said? Yeah, uh, Kramer. No, 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 that was that oh was, yes, that was the, the racist. Oh, I just thought Laugh Factory. Uh, I was thinking the uh, rape thing. Oh, not that. Uh, what, was <laughs> the what was the rape? The, thing? He yelled. He, yeah, I hope you get raped. Maybe that was Daniel Tosh. But it wasn't the, the Laugh Factory. He did a concert, and the girl kept heckling. I think it was and, he, yeah, and in then some room, then she goes something about rape is not funny. He did a joke. And well, the whole, I know that what, what happened was now that we're all breaking it down, he essentially was like, all right, what do you guys want to talk about opening it up? And somebody shouted rape or something. And he goes, yeah. oh, that's a great, thanks. Like, that's a great topic. So What's so sarcastic. Yeah. He's like, it. oh no, that's a great. What's so hilarious about the rape, the helplessness, the, you know, the power, the, like this is a great, like, list, thanks a violence, lot. Whatever. And he was being sarcastic. And some woman. She stands up and she goes. Rape is never funny. Rape, rape is never funny, which is not true. I mean, I have a pretty <laughs> funny rape joke. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, but if you, it always sounds terrible until you hear a joke like, but whatever. anyway, the point is. He he goes. Wouldn't it be funny if she got raped right now? Sort of sarcastically. Wouldn't if everybody around you raped you right Just now? Right no, now. She was, but it was her Heckling feeling him. as though when we talk about this kind of entitlement that women have because nobody says shut the fuck up, and that she yeah. figured she could just like she could have this forum in the context of this show, and then he did what comics do, which is. If you heckle, you, you you catch it. So did everybody rape her then? Uh, <laughs> that's the point. That is exactly the point. Yeah. Nobody. That has never happened Not in a one. comedy club ever. Where they why, it would be funny if everybody and then they actually got raped in the, the comedy only, club and everybody just stood around and watched. The only time that's anyone got raped was there was a comedian back in the eighties named Ray Champ, who was a col He was a rapist. He actually raped women, at, but he was a clean comic. That's but the irony was, of it. Right. He was, he was he's squeaky, never cursed. Yeah. Squeaky clean. He was because he was a professional rapist and an amateur comic. That's what. The That's really what it boiled down to. And the way they caught him was they figured out that his the, all these rapes that took place or whatever they lined up completely with his college tour schedule. 
and that's how they caught him and he went wow. to, to jail and then wow. greg fitzsimmons has a great story he said that uh that he was being represented by the same college agent or whatever so the next year he went and did uh the same, same show tour. that guy so essentially they had to call up the agency and go uh, yeah your last comic raped somebody could you send someone different this year like what a weird that's to stay funny. with the college booking agent and i mean i, I mean i this is fun. We could be talking all day. Unfortunately, we don't have that much time left. Mm-hmm. But I want to hear about the hundredth, uh, the hundredth uh, show, or the uh, you guys are about to do what your hundredth uh, episode, right? Yeah, Philip. Yeah, yeah. So that must be pretty. That's pretty fulfilling, right? It's a great I mean, thing. Yeah, you know, to to look back and to think about, um, you know, all that we've done and uh, the, the amount of content that we put together. I mean, the the, the multiple and how the show has evolved evolved yeah. and how much sharper we've gotten the people and, we've helped too it's kind of uh, and how much we've got on each other's nerves <laughs> favorite, <Sure. laughs> favorite guests you've ever had dante who's one of your favorite guests oh man it was a, a lot uh, it it depends if if you say i know mine is always gonna be Yam- yamanika yamanika yeah, yeah, is great. Was a lot of fun. bones was fun bones was what we it dep- i like different guys for different things like if it was for content I loved Rosebud. Rosebud was amazing. The pimp the from pimp. American Pimp. Yeah. Uh, Rosebud with the double D for that double dose of pimping. I have to say that by <laughs> law. Um, I, I really enjoyed him. Um, I also enjoyed uh, Bones was good. Bob DeBona was hilarious. Oh we had God. a lot of fun with Bob. <laughs> Aaron Berg. We had a lot of fun with Aaron. Yeah. We didn't help any. We just, just. It's <laughs> it's a very weird. Each show is kind of different in that, like, some of the shows are very technical, and we're giving out really like literal advice and how yeah. this is what you should do to make a woman more attractive. This is how you solve your marriage, you know. And then other shows are just like, uh, just awful stories of things that have gone terribly wrong failures you know as a man and and uh, with bob de bono it was a time where he thought he had aids on his face because <laughs> just he, specifically on his face on his just face on his yeah face. it hasn't went, spread yet yeah, he went down on a on a stripper like he wouldn't have uh-huh. sex with her but he went down on it because in his mind he thought that was going to be okay so i mean it, it's and a lot of times there's a lot of shows that i like that you won't like that Mar won't like or that Harry won't like and I'll be saying, oh, I didn't really like that when that one sucked. And I and I see it for something different. We just had a we just had uh John Ritchie who is a uh, That was so good. From the Artie Lang show. And Harry hated that. Hated that I didn't uh, hate it. I I, I just I, didn't think it was that good. I thought it was a slow and we spent a little too much time but here's, technically. Here's on why one John thing, Ritchie's but. a guy who is Alpha male, and he played for the he played for Philadelphia Eagles and Oakland. He's on Raiders. ESPN now, yeah. Yes, he, Artie Lang's host too. And here's a guy who is um, has a great wife, beautiful wife. She takes care of the kids. She does takes care of him. He's in the city for five days a week, and then he's not doing the things that he should be doing as a husband to cultivate her attraction and to keep her involved and she's insecure like he was saying how she's very insecure because and i was like oh that's great she should be a little you know your wife should be a little jealous because you have value and if you don't have value then she's not going to be jealous and if she's that insecure there's a problem with that because she doesn't value as much as she should but we i like that episode because it was me talking about what the guy's responsibility in the context of a man where usually i get guys who are being controlled and and their, their wife's yelling at them and bitching at them and so I deal with that but I deal with that because that's what they give me and that's the great mm. thing about the show oh it kind of it evolves like John Ritchie is your yang mm-hmm. yeah I got it so it, it was a yeah. it was a you know it's always a different it's sort of like we're the seasoning 
and then whatever meat you throw in the pot, we just kind of, it becomes this dish that's different every time. So there's a lot of them that I like for different reasons. I mean, there's some where we, we, we didn't help anybody and we just <laughs> we had, had a lot fun. Of fun. We just yeah. laughed and it was just hilarious throughout the whole thing. And there's some where it was very serious and very focused and there's, I teach pickup and I teach attraction and we do call-ins and you know, questions. We have a and a lot of different people, not just comedians. Also, it's yeah. like we bring people in just who have a story to tell, or you know. So it's not always just comics. Well, it's helped me. Next time my wife tells me to put the laundry <laughs> yeah. in, yeah, why is this all me? I'm He's married. To go fuck He's just a little pussy. Oh, he came on the show. I was on the show. He, 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 were you honest with them? Because oh, usually he, he is full of shit. And when I'm here, I can tell you how full of shit he is. I was honest. See, we got. Are you honest? Yeah, I'm gonna go back and listen. Here's the thing. With the open bar and the and Dante pushing you, at some point you're gonna break down. Give it in. I did not drink on that. That's true. We got the tape. The only thing we're missing is the one spotlight that Dante can point on you while he's interrogating you to get the truth, the detective work that he does. Well, this is. We're, we're pretty much out of time, and it's been really enjoyable having you guys on. I'm definitely going to subscribe uh, to this podcast now because it's you have definitely to listen to all hundred. I'm going to listen to all hundred. <laughs> I'm going to try to do that all tonight. It's at page. I don't know if it's com. possible, but yeah. and, and you guys are doing uh, not to get you off, Scott. But you guys are going to be doing a live show here, correct? Yeah. New York yeah. Comedy Club, yeah. April twelfth. Is it? Did well, we we're going we're to move the date back a little okay. bit because we're going to we're probably not going to do the hundredth okay. here, but we're going to we're going to do. Some, I want to do some live where we can bring. But this is our home when we do live yes. stand up. Yeah, New York awesome. Comedy Club yeah, with yeah. Empire tonight. And Mara, mm-hmm. where, where can uh, where can we uh, our listeners see you? Uh, you can always find my calendar at maralive.com. Um, I will update it tonight, I promise. Uh, or you can hit me up at beigephillip.com. And Harry, how about you, buddy? Uh, you could always go to my website, ihatecomedy.com. That's where all my information is. That's, that's really nice. my website. Uh, that's great. Yeah. And yeah. Um, that, yeah, that's where all my info is. You're the guy who had it already. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, Dante, they can find you everywhere. Brother. Yeah, yeah. DanteNero.com and beigephillip.com. Um, I, I want to say something too. I mean, you know, what you guys have done with this club. I mean, this, this yeah. club was pr- really a rough egg and the way you turned it around and the way you guys have supported. I mean, I, like, I appreciate the way you've supported Harry and, and Mara and giving them spots and supported the comedy and, and, and really tried to do something for comics. And taking um, consideration and care about what you do. Taking consideration about and, and uh, the love for the art. It's something that's far and few between in this business. And I, I want to really say I appreciate it. Yeah. I really Absolutely. appreciate it. Well, that means a lot. That definitely means yeah, a lot. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And we, you know, we plan on having you guys here more. Dante, we plan on definitely having you here more. Yeah. Uh, that's something we got to do. And uh, yeah, and we look forward to having Bates Phillip, this be Bates Phillips' home um, moving forward. And we can't wait for that 100th uh, episode and yeah. for that live show here. Yeah, yeah. So, do it. so every, you already mentioned every Friday. Uh, it's been every Friday. I think we're going to do it once a month now, right? Once yeah. A month. And then once the spring and summer hits, yeah. you know, we'll plan on doing it more. Isn't today okay. the first day of spring? Yeah. yeah. Well, once we're officially in it, you, just you know, say, yeah. spring and summer hits. Well, once we officially we'll get yeah. more, you know, it's, uh, you know, the crowds during the summer and spring. Once we don't need earmuffs anymore yes. for the outside. <laughs> but uh, I really, really appreciate what you guys are doing. I mean, really, in a, from a really sincere place, yeah. you just don't see that where level of guys care. are concerned about the level of comedy, about the support of young comics, about the, the quality of comedy. It is just so unheard of. So. You That's know. great. I mean, I th- we think it's important. Yeah. You know, to, uh, you have no it's idea. It's a creative craft, and yeah, and you you have to let somebody do what they want to do creatively. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm yeah. Yeah. Big firm believer in that, and like, yeah. You know, um, 
I guess it's like not thinking that you're better than the artist, not thinking that you know more about right, the right. art than because the actual you, artist because itself. Because you create the themselves. venue for them. You know what perform. I mean? Yeah, like yeah. I hate the term past. It's like one of my least favorite terms. It's mm -hmm. like, oh, he got past at this club. You yeah, know? yeah. It's, it's almost like, I don't know. I, it, it, dry, it, it rubs me the wrong way because nice. I just feel like everybody has something to offer. And like if you're not giving people a chance to well, get Well, that's up, not really true. <laughs> <laughs> but, you, you know, like you got to give somebody a chance. Yeah, you know absolutely. what I mean? You got to give absolutely. somebody a chance. Um, that's, you know, that's a big thing for me. Yeah. Well, this has been the Empire Tonight podcast with Beige Phillip. And uh, we will see you guys next time.